Hey, what's going on? It's Joel. You're listening to the My Age Podcast. Uh, this is a podcast that brings conversations with people from all walks of life, using music to plot a map from their early years to how they got to where they are now. Hope you've been well. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening to the first two episodes. The response has been unreal. Um, I'm not sure you can hear, but in the background, my, new, my four-month-old son is crying, and I really should just get this intro done really quick and then go attend to him. At least assist Nicole. Um, thanks for checking it out. Again, I really appreciate it. Uh, feel free to follow all the social media networks. Um, you'll find it. If you're listening to this, you've probably found it somehow. Um, chuck a like, chuck a follow, do whatever you have to do. I uh, really appreciate you listening, as I said. Today's guest is one of the couple of inspirations that actually got me to get off my ass and do this podcast thing. His name is Aaron, Aaron Osborne. He, I guess, is best known for being one of the shredder guitarists in the band I Exist, but also does the Oblivious Maximus podcast, which we go into in detail on this uh, this episode, as well as just all things Aaron Osborne. And there's a whole lot of them, and they're all pretty bloody awesome. So, chill, do whatever you're doing, do it safely if you're driving if you're on a train and you know do that safe as well stand back stand behind the yellow line do what you got to do and I hope you enjoy the podcast Kill. Aaron Osborne shredding one of three shredding guitarists or two in I exist three sometimes two is Adrian the third no, he was the fourth, which is even funnier. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, he hasn't played guitar for us for a while, um, only because he's a dog and he moved overseas for a bit and now he doesn't know all, all our new songs. So That's just <clears throat> typical Kelly. Yep, exactly. Typical Adrian Kelly. So one of three, sometimes two shredding guitarists in I Exists. And what's your new band? Uh, I'm in a band called Year of the Rat as well. Unreal. Oh, you're playing hardcore. Yes, I am with Year of the Rat. In November. Yeah, it will be very good. Yeah, cool. And also, <clears throat> pardon me, also uh, podcasting extraordinaire who, like, pardon, I oh, hope you don't mind, but definitely an inspiration for me to get, on my, get off my ass and do something with Oblivious Maximus. Thank you. How many um, episodes... Uh, we've I've got fifty seven up at the moment, and uh, we'll have fifty eight next week. So yeah. Yeah. So when did that start? Um, it started. Well, Oblivious Maximus as a concept was uh, me. I wrote this column for Faster Louder. Um, oh not Faster Louder. What's it called? Um, Kill Your Stereo. That one. Um. Uh, called Oblivious Maximus. They're, they're main competitors. Yeah, they're, they're a direct competitor. I just, I often get that wrong. Um, uh, no, I I uh, wrote a column for them called Oblivious Maximus for a while and the idea behind the column was me just talking shit about things that I, I don't know, liked or didn't like. It was like an opinion piece thing. Um but after a couple of them, I really wanted to start doing more interviews and I wanted to start interviewing people that don't really get interviewed. 
Um, and then I thought about doing that. And then I was like, I recorded a conversation with some people and I was like, this would be way better if you just heard me instead of me transcribing a conversation. So I then started Googling how to do a podcast and then I watched a bunch of YouTube videos and then I did a podcast. Bought yourself HN4 and SM58 and off you went. Away I was, yeah. It was pretty easy. I guess your first question um, and okay. track, well, let's talk about where you were and then we'll talk about the truck you picked. Um, who was your daddy and what does he do? My dad is, uh, his name is Peter Osborne. Um, he... And when I ask that, sorry, by the way, I, I want to hear about both your parents. Okay. Well, my dad's name is Peter Osborne. My dad is a, uh, he is uh, the director of Blackmore's, the uh, supplement company in Asia. That's what he does. Um, and my mum, my mother's name is Alison Verhoeven. And my mum is the CEO of the Australian Hospitals and Healthcare Association. That's what my parents do. There you go. Very impressive jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Business people. They're smart, smart cookies. This is probably jumping ahead a bit, but is your your dad's uh you lived in Singapore for a while, yeah? I lived in I lived in Taiwan and Shanghai. So not not Singapore. Cheers, Joel. Not Singapore. But you know, you had a dig, uh you you chose a country and you went with it, so good on you. I had, yeah. <laughs> oh, I did, I did, I did go with it. Um, I should take, I should be taking more notes during your podcast. So, what, what, what were your parents listening to when kind of when you were born? Like, what were they into music? Was there much music going on around the house? My mum was really into music. Uh, my mum played like guitar and piano and stuff. I think I told this story on the podcast one time, but my mum actually won a competition on TV in like the seventies, I guess, in like far north, or like in northern Queensland, like local public access TV. She won a competition playing American Pie on TV, so um, on guitar. So uh, the whole thing, yeah. She like ripped it up on guitar and sang it and stuff, and she won some sort of competition. So. Um, she was, she is like, she was the one who like pushed music on us. Although I think I probably leaned more towards the music my dad listened to than what she listened to. She liked, uh, like, you know, like, I guess like Neil Young and, um, yeah, like, I don't know, more like acoustic stuff that I didn't really vibe with when I was a kid. And my dad liked, I guess more like your standard like rock and roll type stuff. So that's really what I got into. So, I mean, like, yeah, my dad loves Cold Chisel a lot. And I think he really liked, I mean, yeah, growing up in China, I think he really loved listening to Cold Chisel because it sort of reminded him of Australia and stuff too. Um, and yeah. Cold Chisels surprisingly weren't prevalent in Taiwan in the 90s. So <laughs> I think he needed to listen to them. So were you were you were born here? Yeah, yeah, I was born in Canberra and then I moved to Taiwan when I was 2 years old. Oh cool. <clears throat> and so how long were you there for? Uh so I lived in Taiwan until I was 
five, so three years, and then I moved to Fiji for two years, um, and then I moved back to Taiwan for three years, then I moved to Shanghai for two years, and then I moved back to Australia because my parents got divorced when I was 11. Oh, right, okay. So was that all... Was that all under the um the black like was that for blackmores no so well back <clears throat> back then my dad worked for the government my dad worked for Austrade and he was like a trade commissioner so okay. he like helped broker you know like big trade deals between Australia and other countries um as like yep. the the government arm that assists with that i don't know exactly but at some point he like helped Billabong get into China and like he had something I don't know if you ever met do you remember that uh movie Dirty Deeds like the um I think who's in it like Brian Brown and some people but like it's an Australian it's an Australian movie and my dad had something to do with that coming out overseas um he also like in part with like the New Zealand High Commission helped uh, get Peter Andre to do a tour in um, China. And I met Peter Andre when I was like, I don't know, seven or something. Peter Andre, what a mogul. Yeah, my uh, one of the ladies that worked, one of the Australian ladies that worked in my dad's work fainted when she met Peter Andre, of all people. It's quite funny. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been cool at the time, but then it's a horrible, like, you know, oh, I met Peter Andre, and then all of a sudden, it's become after about three days, it'd be the you'd be the butt of every joke. Yeah, you fainted when you met Peter Andre, you dickhead. Imagine if you met someone awesome. <laughs> exactly. What would be your reaction then? So, okay, what <clears throat> um, what song have you picked for us for track number one? Who was? Oh, actually, you know, yeah. What song did you pick for us? Uh, so the I think the first one I picked was Bow River by Cold Chisel. Um. And uh, yeah, cool. Any particular reason? Well, uh, as I said before, I think, I mean, my connection with Cold Chisel is basically from my dad, but just blasting it all the time when I was a kid. But Bow River is my favorite Cold Chisel song because it's got a lot of uh, a lot of um, ripping singing from Ian Moss, and then a uh, just total. Uh, like final blast by Barnsey at the end, so I like it a lot. I love Barnsey, but you know, some you gotta get you gotta let Mossy sing because he's got them clean pipes. It, it's it's yeah, they they it's the sugar and spice. No, not sugar and spice. The sweet and sour, even. Yes. One thing I really like about this song, one lyric that I thought was really cool, and I guess it only really just dawned on me listening to it today and I'm sure if I heard it 20 years ago it would have meant nothing to me was the the line um save my money uh, sorry the money I save won't buy my youth again yeah I thought that was a really really good line yeah I, I hear you I think I think we could all take take a leaf out of some cold chisel lyrics later down the track listen loud to the wind babe. listen loud to the rain Can have my feet again. I don't want to see the sky no more. Wasting my days on a factory floor. The first thing you know, I'll be back in my river again. 
Cold chisel, Barnsey just wailing, vocal wailing right at the end, <laughs> just letting letting the people know, tearing it up, tearing it up. Was there any other songs you could have well, that made the list around that you kind of had to cut because it's, you only get to pick one, like either Cold Chisel wise or other bands? 
Um, if I was to tease my mum, it would be Puff the Magic Dragon because my for some reason I don't even know if my mum listened to it that much, but I feel like I hated that song so much when I was a kid, and I tease my mum about it all the time. And when I talk about it with my mum now, she like fully acts like she's never heard it nor like she's ever listened to it in her life. So I don't know. I get the feeling that in my brain. Maybe I just heard it and for some reason associated it with my mum. And then now I'm like, in my head, I think it's her favourite song for some reason, but I, I I, think she probably doesn't care for it. That's cool. I'm glad we went with Cold Chisel then. That's good. So that probably would have been my second pick just to tease my mum a little bit. So, again, anyone who's listened to your podcast more than, I guess, three times, I'm going to put it out there. If you've heard the podcast more than three times, um, you know that you mentioned... And a lot of people mention um, your second, uh, the artist of your second track. Um, but before we pick, before we say who it is, I guess we'll give it a wave now. But um, what what we listening to when you first realised that I guess music was more than just kind of something that was in a movie or on an ad, like where you could actually buy it and listen to it, and it was from like made by someone, and you know. Yeah, what were you listening to? Yeah, well, I guess, uh, well, it is, uh, to, to end this drum roll, it's Michael Jackson. Um, Indeed. And uh, Michael Jackson, I think, I, I don't, and I don't know because I obviously wasn't here, but, I mean, I know in the 90s Michael Jackson was like the biggest, you know, celebrity in the world or whatever, but um, in China... He was like a god, like straight up people there, like, I mean... Like he was worth fainting over. Yeah, and like, but like, I mean, I, I think the images that, those famous images of like people passing out when they met the Beatles, that was like a fucking, that was like a walk in the park compared to how people in Asia reacted to Michael Jackson. Like right. people were, were going psycho over Michael Jackson, just like... <laughs> releasing new music like the not even seeing him just like hearing new songs people would faint like Hectic. um so i was there like right at the right time um and as i've said on the podcast a lot because i grew up overseas i had access because i was a diplomat basically to like american tv yep so i watched a fuckload of mtv um and obviously Michael Jackson's music videos were like the most theatric music videos ever. So they were the best ones to watch. Um, but. Oh, they were, they were mini movies. Yeah. Yeah. And like, well, you, you know, fucking Martin Scorsese directed one of his music videos. It's psycho. Um, uh, but yeah, like he, um, so I really got into it through that. And then I bought the, I bought the history album because it was like a big greatest hits. It had like four CDs in it back when CDs could only fit like eight songs on them or something. And, uh, and then, uh, the history world tour rolled around, which if anyone feels like going on Google or whatever, I think it still is like the longest slash highest selling tour of all time. As I understand the tour sold out and he had to book the entire thing again. So like the whole tour happened twice, basically. Jesus. And you went to it? 
or you were just caught up in the the Jackson pandemonium? No, I, I, I went I went to the Taiwan the first Taiwan date on that tour. Um, and it was like right when I was super obsessed with his music anyway. And, uh, this is also going to show like the breadth of my privilege that I grew up with, but my, um, one of my friends, dads worked for the HSBC bank and the stadium that Michael Jackson played in had a HSBC had a box there. Yep. And my friend took five of uh, like his mates, which I was one of, to see Michael Jackson for his eighth birthday party. That's why I saw Michael Jackson. That's pretty. That's pretty red hot. Do you remember? Do you remember much from the tour? I remember like I literally can remember like almost everything about the show. Like I, it's like it was like probably I would say like without a doubt probably like one of if not the most like important factor in me like being obsessed with music was that concert. That's amazing. Yeah, it was psycho. So yeah, I just love it. I I mean, I still love Michael Jackson. I would know. I mean, you know, maybe he's a fucking psycho. Maybe he was a creep. I have no clue, but I love his music. So yeah, the music is pretty untouchable. I'm all right with that. <laughs> I'm all right with liking the music. Yeah. So, okay, what song have you picked? Uh, I think I picked Rock With You, didn't I? Is that what I sent through? I believe I did. You, Yep, that's what you picked. Rock With You. So, Rock With You, I guess, was like an... I'm not going to... Uh, I feel like I want to say like it's an early yeah, it's, Michael Jackson solo song. It's earlier, yeah. It's like before... Well, before he looked like a crazy person. So, there's that. He still had an afro. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just really like, I think Rock With You is like, um, I think it's just like the perfect song of that style of music that like R&B, when R&B became pop music, you know, like when that turned the, you know, like how, I mean, pop is like a pretty, it's the only reason it's a genre is it just means popular. Like, so but when Michael yeah. Jackson kicked off doing this shit, that's when pop changed from like, uh, like you know, white person acoustic guitar love songs to like in like ballads yeah. and shit, and it changed to R and B, which is like the greatest thing that ever happened to pop music. Because, I mean, yeah, we wouldn't have Justin Timberlake without Michael Jackson, and he's he's the oh, second coming. There wouldn't be a whole bunch of artists. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, okay, that's that's fantastic. Let's uh, it was like when you sent me the list, I was like, okay, you went with that one. There you go. Yeah. So cool. Um, rock with you, rock with you by Michael Jackson. You.
Michael Jackson, rock with you, rock with you. Um, what else were you listening to at the time? What what other Michael Jackson songs could you have picked? Because, again, as I said before, I was really surprised with Rock With You. Yeah. And I, yeah, I was surprised really, yeah. Um, another one I really like that um, I don't, that I like got into more in the more recent years, but I really liked it, but I didn't know, like I didn't really listen to it when I was a kid because you can't dance to it, but... Um, she's out of my life. That's another ripper. Like it's like a love song, but um, okay. The re the reason why I like she's out of my life so much is because it's what Eddie Murphy sings in Raw or Delirious when he's doing his uh, Michael Jackson impression. <laughs> yeah, so I think I like it more because of that now. But I would say like back, maybe I would have picked like um. I don't know, like, I mean, I really like Man in the Mirror. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe just drop a classic and just get Smooth Criminal or something. I don't know. He's got a lot of fucking good songs. Oh, but you like, a lot of the stuff you're picking is really early. Oh, not, so again, not really early, but, like, post-significant morph into, A like, psycho? Uh, yeah, well, let's, let's call it the psycho phase, but, like, um... For not to drag me too much into this <clears throat> part of me, no, this whole on. conversation, but um, I remember the first big like, what the fuck? Like you, you know, you always know Michael Jackson's big, but the first big yeah. what the fuck moment was I remember being like, I remember there was hype over, and there was a half an hour TV show dedicated to the launch of at least one, if not two, film clips, um, like black and white, and yeah. Maybe it was black and white. What one's the one where he turns into the Jaguar and then he smashes the car up? I think black and white. Black and white's all the one where everyone's morphing into different things and Macaulay Culkin's in it. Yeah, but th- there's this extended version where he that all happens and he walks... It turns into him eventually and then he walks out of the studio or the, let's call it the, the green screen thing that they were doing <laughs> the face thing in or whatever. Yeah. And he walks out of the studio and into this back alley... And beats fuck out of this car like in um, like in Street Fighter, and dances on it, and it's this whole other thing with no music, <laughs> and then turns into a panther. And I was like, this is like this is Saturday night prime. Well, I don't actually Saturday night's probably not prime time, but this is this is a whole show dedicated to just this film clip, not the album, not a tour, one film clip. And I was like, fucking hell. But um, yeah, I got deep with that Dangerous album. He was the biggest thing in the world, man. It was crazy. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I don't think, I don't think people, people now, like, I, I think people sort of in their twenties and thirties forget how big he was, and people now, like teenagers and twenty year olds now, will like absolutely never have any concept of how like there was a time in the world where like a singer was so fucking famous for like. 30 years like he was so famous for like good or bad he was like like you know and like famous because he was incredibly like talented then incredibly like broken as a person and then like incredibly fucked up but he was very very famous and like now that fame stuff is only about like 
tabloid bullshit. Like, it's not actually about people. Like, there was a lot... I mean, and, like, history has shown that there was a lot of bad things that went on with Michael Jackson and his his family and, like, his parents are probably, like, 80% to blame for him being a big fuckhead. But, like, yep. I mean, which is tabloid stuff, but I guess at the end of the day, like, he can back up being a tabloid fuckhead by being the highest-selling record artist of all time, you know? And, like, yeah. his, his, ki- his kids own the fucking Beatles. So, like... Jokes on yeah. everyone else, you know. Yeah, absolutely. There's um, there's an interview with with Paul McCartney where he talks about Michael meeting Michael Jackson. I, I I'm not gonna say it's the first time, but he meets Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson says to him, "I'm gonna buy your songs. I'm gonna buy all your songs." And he thought it was weird, but yeah, again, jokes on the Beatles. Well, jokes on everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, insane. Michael Jackson's kids, who probably don't give two shits about music, own the Beatles. They call the, they well, they probably don't call the shots, but yeah, it's then they're they're getting the checks. Yep. There you go, insane. Okay, so transitioning from Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. um, the next next kind of category, let's call it, let's call it the Rebellion Age, or the actually no, let's call it the Rebellion Age. Um, what what were you kind of listening to from when you went you heard Michael Jackson? Actually, no, not what you listened to, but what was the transition from listening to Michael Jackson? What kind of started getting you into other things that your parents musically that your parents probably hated? Uh, what were you listening to a lot of, um, and how did you get there basically? So after Michael Jackson and like pop music and really vibing and all that, I got through through MTV basically. I started getting into like hip hop and stuff um, and like I really loved and still do love like Snoop Dogg and Ice Cube and like just, uh, you know, like West Coast um, American hip hop um, all, all through MTV yep. because again, like if you think about the time period, um, that was when like they all had like the most extravagant, ridiculous music videos. Like that was when it meant there was a reason to have crazy music videos because people were consuming music by watching it on fucking cable TV. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, music videos were just insane. Um, And yeah, so I really loved rap basically. And then um, my parents hated that. So... And that was right when, right when my parents got divorced. And so when my parents got divorced, I was listening to a lot of rap. Um, but then I moved to Australia. And then when I moved to Australia, I lost uh, MTV and I lost, um, you know, the stuff that I loved about. I mean, I was, uh, part of me was like excited to live in Australia because I came here on holidays and stuff. And I had, you know, was like over the moon about having a fucking backyard and shit and like not living in a apartment and stuff. But like, uh, I couldn't play, I couldn't play the sports I liked. I couldn't listen or I didn't, I thought I couldn't listen to the music that I liked because it wasn't on TV. And, um, and then, so when I moved here, my parents were divorced. I started high school and ice cube and uh corn have a song together and then 
that I got into new metal basically like through rap which is like the funniest thing because most people get into rap through new metal like I just did it backwards so um yeah I yeah I just got into new metal because my mom hated rap because they were swearing but she hated new metal even more because it was rap and it was super fucking loud comparatively so and what years what year is this and how old are you when you moved back to Australia? Uh, I was 11, uh, like 11, 12. Like I turned 12 almost when I moved back. And that was, yeah, so I like started year seven and that was in the year 2000. I'm relatively young. You are. I often forget that listening to your podcast and seeing that keeping up with you on all the social media is thinking, yeah, you're... Oh, not significantly. You're a few years younger than me. You're doing all this cool shit. So, yeah, which would explain why the the song you picked was from the album that you picked. Because again, I was a few years ahead of you, so I was into briefly, very briefly, because I don't yes. want to lose so many punk rock points. Um, <laughs> I was into the earlier albums. Yeah. So, what did you pick? Uh, I picked "It's On," which is the first song. I'll follow the leader, which again, like that record is like... By Korn. Yeah, by Korn, sorry. Um, that uh, record is like music video central. Like they had like, I think there's like five music videos off that album and they're all like so over... Like the, the music video forgot the life. They fucking drive a Ferrari off a bridge and blow it up and shit. And the guy who directed... The Got the Life music video is that dude McGee who made all the Charlie's Angels remake movies. So like, again, this is the point where like yeah, and a whole a whole bunch of TV shows. Yeah, yeah, and like, but again, so like, this is a point where music videos were still like, the budget of a band like that would get for a music video would be just like millions of dollars, you know. Whereas like, I'm sure Corn now could barely get like a million dollar record contract. But, you know, good on them.
why that song, like, was it because it was like the first track from that album and it stood out or is there a special meaning behind it? Uh, I just like the song a lot, I think. I think it's a great... Uh, well, I don't know if uh, you remember this about Corn. I think you were probably too much into punk at this point. But uh, this Follow the Leader on CD, the first 11 songs or 12 songs are just nothing. Like, they're just... They go for like two seconds, which was a real fucking nightmare for me with with my Discman not being able to... You skip through like 12 songs, so... It's on is like track, it's either track 12 or track 13. And it starts with, you know, you just, you just heard it, but you know, like it just starts that little drum beat and then it just kicks off. And I, I fucking, when I was a kid, I loved it. I mean, I still like it now. That's pretty clever. Yeah, no, I came, I remember, uh, what was the second album? Life is Peachy? Yes. Let's say yes. First, first was self-titled. Then, or maybe it wasn't, but the first two albums, I remember thinking, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And then um, it all fell away for me. But I'm sure you probably don't listen to Corn much these days, or do you? I No, I don't really listen to them. I mean, I like, I, and when I'm feeling like nostalgic or if I'm fucking driving around doing nothing. But I mean, you know, I'm one of those people who I went through my period, which I believe we'll start talking about, where I denied all of my past but now exist yep you know now as an adult it's like the sickest thing ever listening to this stuff you used to like i love it yeah claim it badge of honor fucking oath so you said there was heaps of uh, rap and hip-hop you listened to what else what else kind of song-wise could you have picked from that or was you contemplating picking uh, well, I would have, I probably otherwise would have gone for Pantera, but I mean, I think <clears throat> Pantera, Pantera would have been the next biggest thing for me, but oh, wow. that came like a year or two after new metal. Like, I guess I was listening to a lot of, uh, you know, corn and Slipknot and whatever. And then, um, and you know, like the, obviously like the b c and d grade new metal bands that followed after them but um i yeah and then like i guess that's because of my age that's like how i got into pantera like i got into pantera because of new metal i guess because where like you know other uh, in the past people would have gone into new metal through pantera or whatever you know but like or you know maybe they didn't i don't know but um yeah, I guess because like, I mean, uh, I think the big thing for me with Pantera was in 2001 was when Reinventing the Steel came out and they toured Australia for it and there was ads on TV about the tour. Um, and I asked, I asked my mum if I could go see them in Sydney um, <clears throat> when I was in like, I guess I would have been in year seven or year eight. Um, and my mum told me I couldn't go because I was too young and she didn't want to drive me to Sydney. Um, and I cried and my mum told me that, um, it would be okay. They'd come back. And then Dimebag Daryl died four years later. So fucking hell mum, you really stitched me up. Um, but, you know, 
Anyway, I'll never forgive her for that. You know? She gave me my life, but she took away my opportunity to see Pantera. Yeah. But yeah, so I would have picked, if not Corn, I would have picked Pantera. Like, yeah, I completely understand if you, you go from Corn to Pantera because it'd be like, you know, to use a pop punk mm. analogy, listening to Blink and then going to No Effects and then going to like an. Yeah. It's going to like the proper version of what they were doing. <laughs> like they were making metal like poppy and groovy, but not by making it cheesy and sucking up tons of cash, I guess. <laughs> so cool. Next sex, uh, next, next topic, next uh, track, let's call it. Um, you're still, you still living. Oh no, you don't live in Canberra anymore. When did you move from Canberra? I moved to Melbourne in um, 2010, so I lived here for six years. I guess, you know, once you've kind of, not not to say moved on from Pantera, because let's be real, you don't really move on from Pantera, it's always there. I listened but to them today, in fact. Good, very good, I like it. Um, what were you <laughs> kind of listening to once once you made the, you know, once you hear Pantera, then it just opens up like a bucket load more. It just opens up a whole bunch more yeah. doors and musical avenues. Uh, what do you kind of, what do you move to next? Uh, well, from Pantera is is where it gets weird for me because that's when I sort of went two ways. So from Pantera, I started getting into like sludge and real heavy shit, and like uh, like like give before you say before you go on from sludge and real heavy shit, what like. Uh, like, well, everything Phil Anselmo wore in music videos, basically. Like, right, Crowbar, okay. yep. I Had God, Acid Bath, you know, all that shit. Um, yep. And, that, yeah, like, I, that's when, like, my obsession with I Had God started. Um, but at the same time, I was in, like, you know, year nine and ten, and that's when I started playing music with people. And... Everyone I was friends with, that was when we all started getting into, de- into death metal because death metal is like, well, I guess it's like the natural... It's like death metal is harder than Pantera to play on guitar. So you just, as you're getting better yeah. at guitar, you start playing harder stuff or whatever. Um, so because of my friends, I was playing and listening to a lot of death metal and then myself, I was sort of listening to the sludge stuff. Um, but yeah, so by the time I was in like year 10... Uh, and then going into like year 11 and 12, I was just like totally, totally obsessed with death metal. Like, so all me and my friends did was just live and breathe death metal all day, all night. So, I mean, yeah, I just, I mean, yeah. So, and I, and then from that, the band specifically would have been like, uh, like suffocation and cannibal corpse and, um, Deicide and Morbid Angel and Gorguts, like all those like founding important 90s, early, late 80s, early 90s death metal bands from Florida and New York. They were like the big ones for me and still yep. are. I listen to them constantly. Were you drumming at the time or were you playing guitar? Or were you doing both? Uh, I was kind of doing both. Like at home I would play guitar and I would like write riffs for the bands I was in, but I played drums because no one, we didn't know anyone who played drums. So like I was in a little, I was in a band with like my like 
four like best mates in school and then uh in canberra you go in you do a do you go to a different school for year 11 and 12 and so when we when i went to we sort of the four of us all went to different schools for year 11 and 12 so the band broke up um but i wanted to keep playing oh tragic yeah but then as i mean you know it also didn't it didn't hurt because everyone fucking started listening to different music. Like the bass player started listening to heaps of like prog and the guitar player started like smoking heaps of weed and listening to Tool and like, you know, like it sort of all just fell apart. Um, but then when I got to... Yep, then it when was I, inevitable. Yeah, exactly. And then when I got to year 11 and 12, like the different school, I found the dudes that liked just death metal like me. And then so I started playing with them and then that's really when I started like properly getting into playing music as well as listening to it, you know, nonstop. And yeah, I was, so yeah, I was playing guitar a little bit, but mainly playing drums. What was your first band's called? Uh, my first band was called Echo Inside, um, which is a, which is a sepulture lyric from the song Lobotomy. Um, yep. Um, and it's very funny because it's like, it's like the end of a line. I don't know why we chose that. I just like that song, but I think we chose a line because the way Max Cavalera says echo inside is real funny. So I think like it was a, it was still like a tinge of humor on it at that point where you hadn't gone into like full blown serious death metal dudes yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's still to come. Is it? Yeah, like Echo Inside was like started as like a thrash band, then it became a death metal band, and then like after that, I was in this, this like real. I mean, I'm not gonna say they're bad because they're still a band, which is quite funny. But there's a ba- this band from Canberra called Reign of Terror, who were like a uh, like blackened thrash metal band, um, who were like ve- were a very good band at one point, and they're very nice people, but. They've been playing music for too long and I think they've sort of, um, they passed their mark and right when they passed their mark. They're Australia's anvil kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like very much exactly that. Um, And I played with them for a little bit and I was like 16 or 17 and they were like in their 30s. (laughs) Like um, they're good dudes. They'll they'll never listen to this so I I don't know why I'm acting like I'm scared they're going to hear it. But um they are good dudes back to Oh no, no, I'm going to send it to them first. Don't worry. <laughs> Please do. Tell me if they know how to use the internet. I'd love to know. <laughs> I played with them and then other like black metal bands and death metal bands that never did anything in my mum's garage and stuff, you know? So the song you've gone with, do you want to introduce, do you remember what it is? Yeah. World of shit by Morbid Angel. I think. And then in parentheses, the promised land. Oh uh, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever paid attention to the parentheses. How good. A song called World oh. of Shit. It's so sick. World of Shit. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> like Hand on Heart, it's the first time I've ever heard Morbid Angel. Great. Um, and it's like where where can you go from there? Um, well, that, that ho- the whole album, it's off. Song title-wise, I mean. Oh, song title-wise. Uh, there's a song called Where the Slime Live. That's also a good one. Same album? No, the next album. But that where the slime lives probably their most famous song. All right, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, cool. World of shit by Morbid Angel.
of shit by Morbid Angel hectic just full on hectic uh, what else what rattle off some I think you did rattle off some other bands but there any other songs you could have picked or were thinking about picking um, yeah I mean there's lots there's a uh, uh, maybe a suffocation would probably be my like equal tied for first favourite death metal band with Morbid Angel um Two of the greats, I would say. Uh, so, I don't know, anything off the first Suffocation record probably um, would have been my other choice. It's a, Every song on that album is a fucking ripper. So. And then I guess the last track, um, something, where are you at now? Like, I mean, obviously you've got a pretty broad taste in music. Um, where are you at now with music? Like, Year of the Rats are your new band. Um, what kind of stuff in it? Who's in it? What or exist up to anything kind of coming soon? Uh, Year of the Rat is like a for me, it's very different. It's like a pretty uh, straightforward, like a metal crossover hardcore band, like uh, like All Out War and Integrity and um, 
you know, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, Cleveland, like, hardcore stuff. Um, and, uh, but with, like, you know, pit riffs and stuff. Um, uh, Year of the Rat is Lloyd, yep. who is in Hit List and Within Blood and Meat Locker and stuff, plays guitar. I play the other guitar. Um, this dude... Uh, Colin, who played drums in Most Precious Blood from America, um, he plays drums. And um, uh, Chris, who was in yep. Blackout, plays bass. And uh, our, our mate Helmet, who was the singer for The Daylight Curse, is the singer. Um, so, yeah, a, an eclectic mix of people. Coming together to play pit riffs. Pit riffs. Activating the pit. Yes. That is that is Year of the Rat. Um, so, yeah, we're playing in Sydney soon, which is cool. Yep. And then hopefully doing some more stuff after that. Um, Any recordings in the works? or? Oh, um, yeah, we, we have an album written and recorded. We're just figuring it all out at the moment, mixing it and mastering it and yep. what's going to happen with it and everything. Um, but yeah, cool. So that's cool. Um, and then I exist. Uh, I'm not really doing anything. Um, we're jamming, and we got two shows coming up in in November. One in Canberra and one in Brisbane. Um, but we sort of are like writing music. It's I guess the point. I exist is like we've been a band for like seven years now, and Josh, our old man guitar player, is about to have his third kid and two of the dudes are married and two of them own houses and I live in Melbourne and, you know, it's all like yep. get it's dealing with that uh, adult stuff that becomes a problem when you're in a band. Um, yep, indeed it does. Yeah, so doing that and then... Uh, but yeah, and then me and two of the guys from I Exist have started another band uh, called Mental Cavity, and we're sort of slowly gonna start trying to do some stuff with that too. We're recording in a couple of weeks and stuff, so that should be fun. There you go. Are they are they all in Melbourne or like all, all the dudes with that band in Melbourne, or is it still gonna be a interstate band? No, it's uh, like everything I do, I make it difficult for myself and. All of the other people in that band are in Canberra, so <laughs> keep you on your toes. Yeah, I got a you know I'm going back to Canberra on the weekend. I just love going back there. Got to see my mum. Put in some put in some mum time, indeed. Yeah. So the last track, um, and I hate God song. Yes. Age of Boot Camp. Um, you 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 can really like I you know correct please correct me if I'm wrong because I probably am, <laughs> but I heard this and went oh okay now it all makes sense. This is why. You sound like what you do. Yep. Musically. Yep. That's basically it. I mean, yeah. I the uh, I wouldn't be, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't think I would have done anything I've done musically in the last 10 years if it wasn't for how much I wanted to try and do more things that sounded like I hate God. So they're just like, I don't know, like, I think it's it's one of those things where, like, I think when you turn into an adult, you're meant to like lose an obsession with a band or you're meant to like get over having a favorite band or something. I don't know. Like a lot of people seem to do. 
and like you said before, like your your taste in music expands, and my taste in music has yep. definitely like expanded considerably, even in the last like couple of years. But like, I just can't kick. I had God. I just love him so much. I have, I have had the fortunate pleasure of meeting them and playing with them and becoming friends with some of them and uh you know like their music just always you know keeps ringing on as well as it did when I first heard them it's not wavered at all which is very surprising cool well is there anything else you want to plug before we wrap this up ah um I guess, yeah, listen, you can listen to my podcast, Oblivious Maximus. Um, you should listen just, to your podcast. Everyone should listen to your podcast. Just, uh, yeah, Google Oblivious Maximus and you'll find it. I don't think there's too much else called that other than the song I named it after. Um, Who was the song boy? And uh, it was by a band called Super Joint Ritual, which is uh, okay. one of the guys from it's My another- God and... Phil Anselmo. I was about to say, yeah, it's another um, New Orleans band. Yeah, the guitar player from I Had God and Phil Anselmo, it's their band. Um, They're about to release a new record too, which I'm looking forward to. Um, But um, yeah, otherwise you could listen to I Exist. You can come see us if we're playing. You could listen to Year of the Rat when we have music on the internet. Um, which and should be my soon, other hopefully. Band, mental cavity too. Yeah, yeah, it will be soon. Um, yeah, that's about it. Those couple things. Uh, enjoy your lives, I guess. Don't spend too much time worrying about things. My whole philosophy is that everything's fucking great all the time. So just, yeah, that's what I'd plug everyone. Cheer- it is. You are very correct in that. Cheer up. Have a good day. You know, that's what I want. Awesome. Thank you very much for spending the time and going through this well thank you very much for having me it was a pleasure unreal Aaron Osborne brutal
are you? So thank you very much for listening to the podcast, the episode. Uh, cracking, cracking list. Hope your ears aren't bleeding. Um, and hope your neck isn't too sore from banging it so hard because, oh, there were some tunes. There were some riffs. Thanks for Aaron for spending the time to do the episode. You can check, basically go onto the Googles and type I Exist Music into the Googles and you'll find the website, the Instagram, the Facebook, the Tumblr, the MySpace, all those relevant pages. Um, and obviously you can check out Oblivious Maximus. Um, I'll post links on the website and the Facebook page as well. Again, really appreciate you listening. Um, tell somebody, tell a friend if you dig it. Um, listen to the other episodes with Mike and Michael. It's only just Mike and Mick. And then just dawned on me that we've come out the gate with uh, a Michael and a Mick. So we're changing that with an Aaron. If you're listening to this just before Easter, um, stay safe on the roads because it's a fucking horrible time of the year for accidents and whatnot so just stay at home or don't go too far and if you do go fast travel safe and we'll do it all again next month kill bye